0: Welcome to TC Daily, the technology show brought to you by Tech Central. If you're new to these parts, do subscribe to us. Our show is available on YouTube at youtube.com slash techcentral. You can also, of course, get it on Tech Central's website, which is techcentral.co.za. While you're there, why not subscribe to our daily newsletter? You can get that at techcentral.co.za slash newsletter, and you'll get the latest news local and international deliver to your inbox at 5 a.m. every morning now I'm very pleased on this scorching hot summer's afternoon, early summer's afternoon, to welcome one of the best-known figures in South Africa's ICT industry to the show, and that's Jonas Bogoshi, the CEO of BCX. Jonas, it's good to see you. Welcome.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, Duncan, and it's, it's good to see you. It's good to see you uh, after a long time. It has been a while. It has been a definitely while.
0: Definitely since before, before COVID. Before lockdowns. Yeah, that's right. This, yeah. yeah,
1: We've yeah. always had this uh, uh, online, so it is great to Meet face to face. Absolutely again, good to
0: good to see. You. I must yeah. uh, I must ask you before we get started. Uh, does the name Business Connection still exist, or has it been truncated to BCX? Now? Truncated to
1: BCX. Now. Okay. Yeah, that's so right. Business yeah. Connection has fallen away. It's fallen away. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Obviously, the trading company see has Business Connection, but mm-hmm. in terms of uh, um, how we present ourselves in the market, it's just BCX. Just BCX.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, was, I was trying to think before uh, before our interview today. When I first met you. Um, I've interacted with you in a range of roles in the ICT sector over the years. And I was trying to remember whether it was, um, was I think it was before, was it at T-Systems? Were you at T-Systems at one point? Yeah, but I thought we we met before. before I mean, I was at some stage
1: with... uh, with uh, Cisco systems. Cisco. Then I went that to CETA, then I went to Gijima, T Systems and uh our EMC and now here. Right. Yeah, right. yeah,
0: yeah. So so I've been around. What a around. varied career you've had. Exactly. In the yeah. yeah. Yeah yeah absolutely right. Seen it yeah. from all angles. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah, yeah from no, customer side, from yeah. OEM side, and uh, yeah,
0: absolutely. I, I remember back in those early days, it probably was at Cisco actually, I I um, we chatted about your your early history, your upbringing and uh, how you came up, came into the ICT sector. And I recall there was a fascinating story there, but I'm afraid. Um, Jonas, I'm um, I'm advancing in the years. So I've forgotten the <laughs> details. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just remind me. Uh, you had an interesting, quite an interesting upbringing. Tell me a bit about it and how you came to the yeah. to the position you're in today.
1: So, so I, I got into IT industry um, by mistake actually. Okay. Uh, so, um, I grew up in the north of Pretoria, and uh, mm. um, I wanted to be um a lecturer in mathematics. Oh, okay. So I went to UCT to study mathematics and uh, when i was there i i got to you know we got to use computers actually in one part of the of the um of of the of the degree mm. we we're using in, in the applied mathematics uh those days we used to use uh, um yeah fortran and uh, all other languages and uh, so i got introduced into computers and i thought to myself this is fascinating mm-hmm. uh, following year i took um, a first year course in co- in computer science and i continued and uh, that's why i'm here today right but otherwise it's something that i never I never knew anything about i read about it as a youngster you know but mm. and i always said this machine is fascinating yeah. but i never got to touch it until i went to university that's so, nice yeah. so
0: what how, how did you get your start in the industry what was your first job my first job
1: was actually with ibm i was started there as a systems so systems many engineer. people started their careers exactly today. yeah <laughs> yeah, so systems engineer mm-hmm. and actually when i started there i had an option to join the um then a company called the Anderson Consulting. I don't know if you remember oh, yes, Arthur remember. Anderson. It right? became
0: Accenture. We it became Accenture mm. today. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I had
1: an option between that and the IBM. I took IBM. I did our uh, systems engineer looking UPSA, uh, up up uh, those days, a bank called United Buildings Society, well, uh, UBS, United Building Society, which then became part of Upsa. UPSA yes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and then I moved into sales, moved back to Cape Town, and uh, moved all the way to all these companies that, that, that I mentioned. So from there, I went to Cisco from Cisco, I went to um, CETA. Mm -hmm. From CETA, I went to run Gijima, then T-Systems, then uh, I went to run EMC in the country, which was then bought by uh, Dell. Mm. Uh, I had a few steam then, and I came to to, to business connection or BCX yeah, yeah did, you, right.
0: did you have a natural aptitude for the management side of things, the sales and management side of things? Because I mean, you 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 started out in a sort of uh, I mean, you, you wanted to study applied mathematics. Uh, you wanted to become a programmer, <laughs> I take it. If you're looking <laughs> well, at full well, well,
1: well, yeah. well, well, later on, yes, I wanted to be a programmer. When I was at when I was doing my degree, mm-hmm. uh, moving from maths to computer science, so I wanted to be a programmer. So I never thought I would be. I never thought I will I will move into a management part of uh, mm-hmm. of uh, of the business at all. Mm-hmm. I remember those days at IBM we you know they had a luxury luxury where, where they get uh, new graduates and uh, you take about six months training you because mm. what you got from university was not quite usable immediately right So I was in one of this training and they used to get people to come and talk to us about their products and whatever and there was a guy who came there to talk about uh, what he was doing. Mm. Uh, he said, uh, and I still remember his name. His name is uh, uh, Iqbal Hasim. I mm-hmm. still remember him. He said, my name is Iqbal Hasim. I'm a sales guy. I don't know how these machines work. I just sell them. Okay. I just loved him, right? <laughs> I just <thought laughs> I like <laughs> this guy. So uh, then I moved into sales, and mm-hmm. uh, from sales into sales management, and ultimately I thought to myself, you know, I like everybody else. As you grow up now, when you're in your 30s, you think, uh, wh- where is my life? And yeah. one of the things I wanted you to say, I want to be a CEO of a company, so I okay. uh, started talking about what are the competencies I need to build to become a CEO of a company. And uh, yeah, fortunate that it happened. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. I'm fortunate. I'm fortunate. Yeah.
0: And yeah. do you still have an affinity today for the technical side of things? Do you? Are you a tinkerer? Do you? Uh, no no. no. <laughs> no. <Okay. laughs> if there's
1: anything I still I still have uh, affinity for is mathematics, right? Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I still go and uh, solve problems. I I just enjoy that. So now and again, I go onto YouTube and uh, subscribe to all of them. I I, sub- I just that I still like. Right. Uh, but technology I'm not tinkering now. I think I've because I've seen it now. I've got people who understand it much more than I yeah. do, much more than I will do. So yeah, I've moved on to that one.
0: Where did this love of mathematics come from? Was it from your parents?
1: Well, I don't know. My 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 father and mother were, were not were not educated. So my mother was a domestic work actually, okay. and my, my father was just a laborer. So but there was something about math. I just had affinity for mathematics. Okay. So especially um yeah at at school. So so as when I went to high to high school I started dealing with geometry you know mm-hmm. I remember I used to tell people that when it comes to geometry and uh, um, we used to solve problems you know so from theorems to yeah prove that this angle and this angle are equal for some reason even without proving it, I I'll look at things and say I know they are equal even before I can tell you mm-hmm. why I think they are equal so there was something about math that I, ju- I just right. loved and um, when I went to university I had a good professor yeah. professor John Webb and the two of us used to write articles that were that were uh, one of them was uh, was uh, published internationally uh, which is the 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 origin of maths in Africa so that's mm-hmm. what I did and also I also wrote um, I used to um create maths problems to send to high schools for students in uh, form 5 then form 5 and form 4 to solve okay. I used to yeah 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 I loved mathematics then so and okay. I still have a love for it
0: And do you have kids or are they taking a similar interest in maths No
1: no they don't <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I've got three kids, and uh, no, they, they they don't like maths. And uh, yeah, I try to force them into mathematics, but right. they're not. No, they're not interested. <laughs> not interested at all. Oh, interesting, yeah. interesting.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk a bit about BCX. Um, how long have you been CEO now? So it's just about four years now since four we, years, four re- years. It's a long time, Duncan. Yeah, it's time a long time. Flies. Yeah, wow. that's right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. So I came in as a chief revenue officer, mm-hmm. and after two months, I took over the CEO. Yes. So yeah, back in 20, 2018. eighteen.
0: Twenty eighteen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think the the pandemic is kind of. Warped time for a lot of people. It's uh, it has yeah you know, yeah. You think four years? It how'd to be that long.
1: Exactly, exactly. So we have a CFO who was with us, left us, and came back. And every time I talk to him, the two years um, that he was away, I can't even count. It's like uh, they never existed. You mm. know of uh, of uh, the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah.
0: All right. So tell us how's how's BCX doing? I mean, we I, I see the results. It's not not as many listed IT services companies today as there were a few years ago. That's right. Uh, but there yeah. are a few of them listed, and um, BCX obviously we get insight into the numbers because it is a subsidiary of a listed company. Um, how's the company doing? Um, you yeah. know, I, I see I see um, other companies seem to be struggling. The economy is tough. I think BCX has been facing similar challenges, challenges over yes, recent years. Yeah,
1: obviously what I will not do is to tell you um, the current results. We are in the close period, period so, so that I won't do. So mm-hmm. I'll refer to Q1 and the uh, full year of last year. Sure. I think that will give uh, to give to give a sense. So if I were to talk mainly about, let's talk about uh, um, enterprise ICT companies in, yep. uh, in in South Africa. You're right, there are very few of us now left, right? Uh, some of them have been bought, some of them have been delisted, etc. So you don't quite get um, a sense of how, how we are performing. I'll talk about BCS, but if you talk about the industry itself, mm-hmm. if you're a large company like us, you your performance correlate the GDP cycle, right? Yep. You correlate the GDP, so because you focus on large enterprises and uh, their growth and whatever depends on uh, the GDP. Yeah. So, whilst there is a little bit of uh, improvement in the, in the uh, with the, the corporates now spending, uh, it's still muted in my view, and it's because of the of the um, the pedestrian I, uh, economic growth. Right, it's still quite pedestrian. So, so it is uh, it is it is, uh, it is uh, not at the level where we want it to be. Mm-hmm. However, if you look at, at, at where we are, um, there's a number of areas where where things are going are getting better. We have seen in the uh, bcx results back in uh, um q1 um so which is a uh, which is april three months uh, uh, march uh, march uh, april may june sure. you'll have seen that uh, the it part of the business uh, is growing mm-hmm. and it is growing because there is a uh, uh, more um yeah more investment by by the corporates so there were there were a couple of things that were affected during during COVID. one was um uh, we had a problem with um yeah, m- many companies slowed down investments. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, they did not want to spend because they are not sure what the future looked like. That affected us and many companies. There was also a problem with uh, global, um, yeah, le- le- the constraints in the in the in the chip sh- the chip shortage mm-hmm. uh, in the uh, in the world that affected most of most of us. But after that we can see some growth so we see some growth let's say from BCX so we saw some growth in IT primarily in uh, hardware and software mm-hmm. so that was a uh, growing because uh, there was a pent-up demand so and people working for home etc and the easing of the constraints in logistics globally so we saw a nice growth coming out of that that's, that's the first one the second part it's uh, there is growth definitely in uh, um, in the software and applications most of the uh, most of our customers of most of the OEMs are moving applications into the cloud, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, there's a, there's a conversion by a number of people moving into that. You will have seen that SAP you've got about until twenty twenty seven or so to migrate. So many people are are doing so. We can see a growth in that, and you saw lots of people moving into into uh, into Azure in terms of Office Three Six Five. So that's uh, another part of uh, of the growth. But there is no question that the cloud is uh, um, cloud itself is seeing phenomenal growth. Mm-hmm. Um, we we were lucky to see that growth on our own cloud. Um, we are not very strong on public cloud. We'll talk a little bit about Alibaba later on, but uh, on our own cloud, we saw growth uh, behind what uh, um, the industry is. Uh, we saw a growth of, of between 12 and 13%, mm-hmm. by industry about uh, 30% or so. We'll talk about that, and then we saw growth in uh, um, in uh, uh, cyber security. That was uh, for us more than fifty percent growth. Well, wow. from a, from a low base though, we partnered with an organization globally uh, that really has a strong uh, capability in uh, in uh, manage and uh, manage security. right? Who is that? So, uh, Cyber Reason, okay. based in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, so, very very strong company. There were some companies in South Africa that were hacked. Some of them were in the media. <laughs> yes. uh, we want I want to obviously mention. Them, but we 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 raised our hands so that we can help. And their technology was really incredible for us to be able to help companies so they don't have to pay to pay ransom. But we have something in in that's unique to other organizations, right? Is that uh, we inherited uh, our voice revenues of voice solutions from telecom Mm -hmm. on the business Uh, side on the business side Mm -hmm. right absolutely on the business side and not and not more mobile voice uh but a fixed voice right the legacy voice etc so that legacy voice when uh, when we started and when i started it was clear that 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 voice is going to decline yes Many people were... Dis- it were had moving. been doing so
0: for years already before that. Obviously. Absolutely. Yeah. It,
1: was, it was doing that. I mean, when I joined uh, the previous year, it has just lost a billion rent in terms of top line, right? Wow. And those are very, very highly profitable um, uh, services. Mm-hmm. So we decided we're going to have to uh, disrupt ourselves. We can't allow this to continue. Mm-hmm. We gave ourselves five years to get out of that, right? We had actual options of one year, three years, and five years. And when we model it one year, and by moving, meaning that uh, we either people give people total discounts and move it to um, the, uh, the minutes that the, the, the cost per minute we're looking for, or we move them into um, uh, next generation, voice over IP mm-hmm. and the, and the uh, hosted voice, etc. And when we did that, for, fa- for one year and three year options, the EBITDA impact on both BCX and the uh, group were too big for us to swallow. Mm-hmm. We decided we'll do it over, we'll do it over um, a, a five years. Mm-hmm. So if I look at it, um, five, four, we are now in the third year of that, right? We're almost getting to a tail end of it. And if I look at, at us on a data side, uh, we are probably about 80% percent uh, now next generation by the end of this year we'll be we'll have very little left in terms of that right when you say
0: next generation you've been moving off copper
1: well moving off copper that's one but moving off from mpls as an example Uh you know yeah all those services that uh, were really profitable now moving people to um uh, to sdware and etc so Mm -hmm. yeah though i'm talking about both from infrastructure of copper to fiber, absolutely. So moving people to fiber and also moving them uh, from MPLS, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, uh, the, so so we are on a data side. We will be yeah. By the end of this financial year, we should be yeah almost done. Maybe if there's anything five percent left or so, right. which is, which is great. The only problem is that uh, those were very highly profitable uh, mm-hmm. revenues. Mm-hmm. So for every rent that you that you lose on uh, on legacy, whether we are talking about copper to to fiber or MPLS to um SDN for every rent that you you migrate you must win three more to mm-hmm. remain still mm-hmm that's a nightmare because it is mm-hmm. quite quite big for you to do that right on the voice side we still have a, a bulk of the revenue in uh, in that uh, however because we have given our customers some good prices so the price points allow them to keep but also in the coming the last coming two years want to get out of that so that's where we are so overall the performance uh, um, uh, the growth in it was not uh, good enough to offset the 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 um, the decline but i think uh, the way things are going we're going in the right direction mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah giving the details obviously no sure
0: so janice you uh, you hinted at some uh, at what's happening in the cloud space um you, you spoke about the growth that's happening there but you made a very important announcement just a couple of weeks ago about a partnership that you've signed with alibaba cloud uh, tell us a bit about uh, that uh, partnership agreement uh, how it came about and what it means for bcx
1: yeah, that's right, and uh, it, you're right, Duncan. It's uh, it's quite exciting for us to sign this um, um this partnership. Mm-hmm. It, it, it uh, it's something that uh, took a long time to sign, um, but uh, if if I go back, we were not the only ones that Alibaba was looking for in the looking at in the country. They looked at a number of people, but let me talk to you about what we signed, and then we'll go into into details a little bit, right? So what we signed um, last week was uh, we signed to be um, the Alibaba. Exclusive partner mm-hmm. in South Africa. What that means, or sort Alibaba Cloud, right? Uh, what that means is that uh, um, the, we represent Alibaba Cloud in South Africa. So
0: Alibaba, just to step, take a step back for a moment. Alibaba Cloud is the cloud services division of Alibaba, of Alibaba Group Holdings, yes. which is right. the giant e-commerce Chinese e-commerce um, company. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Absolutely
1: right. Yeah, absolutely right. Yes. Yeah. So, so it's, it's
0: kind of like Amazon has a- Amazon Web Services and, and Alibaba Cloud. Is to Alibaba what AWS is to Amazon. Exactly
1: the okay. same. Exactly the same. So it it is like it, like AWS what mm-hmm. it is here yeah, to to um to Amazon. Yes. Okay. So exactly exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. So now we will represent them in a country, which means that uh, um, whoever sells or want to sell the Alibaba uh, products and services, they buy through us because now we are the we are the exclusive partner. Mm-hmm. So that's the first phase that we we signed. Um, people can, can sell it now, even uh, uh, now we don't have data centers yet, they are still uh, in uh, other countries. The closest one will be the UK and Germany, right? Mm-hmm. You can still do that. You remember even some of the hyperscalers, before they came in, you can still yeah. consume from that, right? So that's the first phase. Second phase is to bring the data centers now into the country, oh, yes. the two availability zones to bring them into the country. We are busy with that with that with that section there will be some co investment between us and them and uh when the time is right we'll announce when we are bringing them into, into the country are you Just building
0: like, new infrastructure to do that or is it going to be hosted inside bcx's cloud in, cloud data centers we, we are looking at that we are looking at that
1: and it might be that they are within within bcx data centers or one will be in, in bcx one somewhere else mm-hmm. depending on uh, whether we're looking at redundancy and uh right. um, so there is a there's a model that, that that we are looking at mm-hmm. right we as bcx have got about uh, 10 data centers including some that are owned by by telecom mm-hmm. so 10 in total uh, it's about 14 or so percent um, um, Lettable space, if I can put it that way. Right. So even though it's ten, they are not that big, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they, they, they are big for the kind of things we do, but for a for a hyperscaler unit, slightly more. We do have space for one that that we can put. So that's 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 what uh, that's what we will do, and we're hoping to announce that uh, uh, in in due course. Mm-hmm. But we are busy with that. You can imagine it's a, it's a co investment between us. Alibaba and other people. Mm-hmm. So we'll may announce that when 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 that is right. But we are quite uh, pleased because now it will give um, it will give uh, people um, uh, options in the country. Yeah. I must say that it doesn't mean that uh, we will not sell um the services from uh, the other hyperscalers mm-hmm. uh they are core to us what we have seen out there is many, many customers enterprise customers are going for multi-cloud yes so we expect that uh, um they will want to consume some of those services from uh, other uh three of the hyperscalers that we in the country
0: understood why do you see uh um corporates potentially using alibaba cloud versus some of the other cloud providers in the market what's what advantages does it bring
1: yeah so um so, so we looked. We looked at two things really that made us uh, uh, decide on the on this partnership with mm-hmm. Alibaba. So, one side, if you look at Alibaba and other and other providers, whether it's uh, Google, AWS, and uh, Azure, at a compute layer, at the compute layer, they are almost the same. All right, there are some that. Uh, um, so, if you look at the reports, I think all of those. Not, I think all of those will be in the, in the Gardner Magic Quadrant. If I talk about those mm-hmm. four. Uh, got number g quadrant and if you look at Forrester, when they when they analyze them in, ten, in terms of their compute in terms of our security in terms of their networking are they are there they are there or thereabouts right um however what is different with uh, with with alibaba it's uh, what alibaba has done is over and above sell this infrastructure they now took all the applications that built alibaba and make them available to customers. Mm-hmm. So the same the same applications that uh, drive that uh, huge um, Alibaba uh, dot com mm-hmm. the e commerce part they are now selling to the to to customers, which is what we represent in the country. So as an example, Alibaba has got applications in retail. Whether it's the onboarding of uh, of customers, whether it's uh, um, it's 20 uh, um, uh, um, uh, uh, offline online, whether whether it's uh, it's uh, um, uh, omni channel, all those solutions that they use to drive their business, mm-hmm. they are making available to customers. That helps us because uh, um, some of our customers are looking at all those s- solutions either in the whole or components, and they want to do that they have a huge presence in financial services. So they run applications anti-money laundering, as an example, mm-hmm. in anti-fraud, etc. So all of those solutions, 200 old, uh, old applications are now available for us to take to market. And that's what was of interest to us. So mm-hmm. over and above the infrastructure, which always, which uh, the good things come at, uh, at a much uh, better price point, it's all of these applications that really drive digital transformation. That's what we are bringing them to the country.
0: Just a last question on cloud. A, a chat I had with Sipul Maseko, the former CEO of Telkom, uh, some time ago. He 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 spoke about the um, potentially restructuring uh, BCX's uh, cloud assets um, to become more independent, um, more open access. If that's the right terminology, uh, in future, is there any thinking around that? Um, I know that uh, there's a there's been a lot of debate about uh, about um, uh, vendor neutral or uh, not vendor neutral uh, carrier data neutral centers, data centers, yeah. centers versus data centers that are owned, in BCX's case, ultimately owned by a telecommunications operator. Um, what's the strategic thinking around how you position these assets going forward?
1: Yeah, so what what uh, Sip was talking about mm. then is to separate the cloud part from the data center mm-hmm. or the building part of it, right? Yes. So that you've got another operator like, um, um, yeah, like anybody who, who owns TerraQuest, as an example, owning a data center, yeah. right? And there were reasons why that, that, uh, he was thinking about it, and the reason is yes, to separate the two and make it available to uh, to other people. For us as BCX, oh no, let me come back to let me come, let me let me just answer the question. Mm-hmm. Where are we on that? Uh, we haven't quite finalised it yet. It's an option that we are looking at. It's presented to the board, and the board is making a call as to whether this is uh, is feasible or not, right? Uh, but uh, we have presented a number of options. Uh, because one option, as an example, is that uh, um, we have it out all together mm-hmm. and and uh, get an external investor in that. Another option will be that uh, uh, they go to gyro, which is the property part right, of right. Uh, of telecom. Mm, mm. The other part is that uh, we, we form an SPV, and there's a number of shareholders, BCX, gyro, and somebody else. So all those options will still be looked at. But if you look at it from, from a BCX point of view, is that if we were to take... Um, um, a rent in when a customer is uh, is uh, uh, when a customer has got a service in a data center, and when I say rent that he pay or they pay, so one will be the core location, which is typically what data centers charge. Mm-hmm. So a floor space basically, and you look at the computing resources and you look at managed services. All of that, if that is a rent, um, about eight cents to thirteen cents go to this uh, um, uh, floor space. Mm-hmm. Actually. With a new cloud, it drops from from eight cents to about uh, maybe five cents or so, because now you can we can pack more uh, computing power. So obviously, where we where we drive value is on anything above that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where we are focusing. However, however, uh, it's not something that we 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 are not uh, we are not interested in. We need data center. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got uh, three of the four data of the four tier four data centers in in. The, in on, on a continent, there are only four of them, and we've got three, and they're important for our clients. Our clients will want to have that um, higher availability, right? When you yeah. have a f- tier four data center, you've got uh, uh four and five nines and uh, yeah, 99.9995, um, and everything is redundant, and they're looking for that, right? So, so they're important for us to provide the service. But once we make that call, uh, then we'll come back to the market and explain how we're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. But it's something that are uh, we, and you we, we know, we've got a new board, so look at that and then make a call
0: okay yeah. and I presume a similar discussion is happening around the potential for bringing in a strategic equity partner for BCX as a whole
1: yeah that's correct and and if I can put the context of that so mm-hmm. one it's um. Why, tra- why, why the partner and the what is what is it for BCs? What is it for for telcom? Mm-hmm. If you look at the BC from BCX point of view, right? We've got three types of partners. So one will be a transactional partner. Not they're not unimportant. They're important. Uh, here will be people that we do business with on a daily basis. Uh, it will, most of the OEMs. We skill ourselves in those in their products. We provide services to our customers. So that's one. The second level will be strategic partner. Alibaba falls into that part, mm-hmm. right? And the next one, it's a strategic equity partner where you get somebody to come and buy into, into BCX. And when we looked at this, we, we were solving for three things. One, we're solving for scale, we're solving for capability and growth. Mm-hmm. If you look at uh, where the industry is going, a number of us, you are right. We don't, we don't see the results anymore because most companies are deal are not listed. Yes. But if we were to look at it, uh, the core of what what used to make um, a typical system integrator those those services are becoming commodity. You need to move into into other areas which are real around digital capability. To build a, a scale, scale and capability in that is not easy, mm-hmm. right? So, we're looking for a, an SCP, a strategic equity partner, who's got all of those and that can enable us to grow. So, scale, growth, and capability that, that's the first thing. From a telecom point of view, there are three things that uh, telecom is looking, mm-hmm. looking for. The first one is uh, um, to unlock value. So, uh, for, for telecom, if you look at uh, telecom trading today, right, I don't know what is trading at now, but probably about uh, um, in the 40s, so we're doing about uh, 20, 20 to about 23 billion um, uh, market cap, yeah. right? Uh, the feeling between from us and also from the analysis that uh, is undervalued because the sum of the parts are worth much more than that. So, one of these, it's a... Uh, um, take BCX out and expose the, 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 the value of this underlying asset and therefore um, uh, and unlock share unlock value to the shareholders. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. The second thing, it's uh, on uh, capital allocation. So if you are a telco, and telcom is a telco, right, uh, the first things that you look at will be on the, your fixed uh, in network. That's where we spend most of the money. Then it is on your mobile network that you spend all the money. So a, an IT company will be last in line. So if you look at our mm-hmm. capital intensity, right? We had about three or 4% capital intensity as BCX compared to uh, average of the, of uh, we are about three, sorry, and we are, and compared to an average of about five of our competitors mm-hmm. or in the industry, which should actually be around seven or so. So is uh, will get it to say, so if I want to allocate capital, I can't do it onto BCX uh, because I'm prioritizing other mm-hmm. things, but that will have a detrimental effect. The last thing is, uh, are you looking for growth? If you can get somebody who can help to invest in the in the core capability uh, in areas that are growing, then even if you own part of it, because they're not going to sell everything, they're still going to have some shareholding, then you are part of a growing asset. Mm-hmm. So that's what telecom is looking for. So we have gone quite a long way in that, um, uh, in terms of uh, identifying what are the reasons, and uh, get the ball sign-off, etc. cetera. Um, we put it on hold a little bit when we're executing some of the things like uh, the the strategy equity pa- so the strategy partnership with alibaba and also mm-hmm. you have a uh, telecom having other initiatives that they want to um yeah synchronize first before we come to this part of course like the yeah. MT potential
0: mtn <laughs> transaction which which i'm not going to ask you about <laughs> absolutely I'm, I'm <laughs> gonna,
1: you're not going to do that yeah but uh, all of those all those kind of things all absolutely. those kind
0: of all those kind of things okay yeah. okay great uh, i wanted to ask you um you spoke about how the core business of a traditional systems integrator has become Somewhat commoditized. Um, we've, we've moved into this, this cloud era now, the hyperscale cloud providers like Amazon, Alibaba's coming in, and others in this market. Um, how has that changed the business model of a traditional systems integrator, and how relevant is the traditional systems integration model? in the IT ecosystem in a market like South Africa?
1: Yeah, so it's good and bad, right? Mm-hmm. So on the first part is just just having a a public cloud has, uh, has we have seen high growth in um, uh, cloud adoption. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing for for the industry. Um, if you look at, as I said, anything between 34 to 35, 36% uh, KGAM for cloud. That's number one. Um, but on the downside is that, um, If you look at South Africa, about uh, seventy-two percent of the market share in cloud is actually by the hyperscalers, Mm -hmm. and uh, all the system integrators now have twenty-eight percent. So the other is, and uh, and they've got slightly hyperscalers slightly a disproportionate. Uh, growth compared to to uh, is this
0: share of revenue you're talking about here, the share of revenue. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. Okay. Yeah,
1: share of revenue in terms of market share, share of revenue. So we, all of us, have about twenty eight percent, and they've got uh, seventy two percent, oh. and they see the the high the highest growth, which is why we wanted to be a hyperscaler ourselves, right? That's <laughs> one of the reasons why I wanted to be a hyperscaler. So that's one. Or the, uh, yeah, the, the other part though is um um the the role of a traditional assessment integrator is now changing in the context of cloud. Mm -hmm. Yes, you get revenue for um, helping clients to plan their cloud journey. You get revenues for uh, converting them or rather migrating them into the cloud. Um, And then you can provide services, but uh, um, that's it. Compared to in the past that you would do all of those things and put them in your data center, and therefore you've got a good economy for scale, you've got high margins, and you've got stickiness and the customer retention. What we are worried about, and uh, it's, it, it's something that uh, it's just an anxiety of system integrators, is that uh, will these people in future disintermediate me, right, and mm-hmm. sell directly, especially to large enterprises, mm-hmm. right? Um, so th- it is it is it is good and bad. Uh, hyperscalers have helped to grow the, the cloud adoption. And uh, it's something that, that is very good for us. And uh, um, if you look at uh, who is doing better in that world, Typical consulting firms mm-hmm. are doing much better because they build that capability and the assets worldwide of how to consult to uh, create a, light, a, a sorry, a cloud uh, migration path, mm-hmm. how to um, uh, migrate applications, etc. So they seem to be doing fairly well on that. The assessment integrators, we are all getting there, but it's not, it's not traditionally what we do. Mm-hmm. We still wanted to have our own assets where we put you on and that part is, uh, is gone,
0: right? Do you need uh, to become more like a consulting company then?
1: Absolutely right. So there's no question about it. So part of what we are doing within BCX, when I talk about the capabilities, it's uh, uh, we we looked at acquiring some of those assets, or th- some of those capabilities outside. But there is no question that uh, um, uh, you need it. So if I give an example, um, a, a large banks, uh, one of them that we went to see uh, even before COVID on the the um, the cloud that cloud migration. Their first thing was uh, I just need somebody to help me understand this. Once I do that, I'll come back to you and then we can mm-hmm. migrate. So then you you really become a uh, downstream business. you want to be able to, to uh, really help customers to drive the, to drive to drive. So it is important for all of us to mm-hmm. build the capability. As BCS, we think it's going to be more than that, right? So we can't be just, um, just have a consulting capability. We want to be able to provide downstream business with the applications, et cetera. And that's why Alibaba played right in the middle of uh, okay. what we thought this would do. So yes, we can talk about the path, but we can even show you how to do it and then provide mm. software as a service
0: for you to do it. Okay. Yeah. How did the Alibaba deal come about? Did, uh, did they approach you? Did you approach them?
1: Well, uh, well, we had we heard that we were looking for somebody. Okay. we heard that we're looking for somebody, and we look, there, were, there were three other companies that we were talking to before us. Okay, yes, yeah, there were two other three other companies, and uh, when we heard this, we decided we are slightly behind. We're gonna have to do things differently. Mm-hmm. So uh, the group C, the, the group CEO Seram and I decided that we will go and see them in Dubai. And tell them why they need to work with us, right? And we're quite clear that, uh, um, yeah, we'll put you in the in the picture, but understand that we're seeing other people, mm-hmm. and uh, we made them aware of uh, what is it that we think we have, we bring to the party, and that is uh, a large. Client base of uh, large enterprises mm-hmm. in South Africa, which is important, right? So we're able to to show them what we do with uh, retailers, financial services, with public sector, and we we gave them a view of where we think the market is going and why we think this is a, this is a good thing. So after a lot of discussions mm-hmm. and after them doing some evaluations, they dropped the other three and then they signed with us. Okay. So uh, it was uh, it was, uh, it, was a, it was a big fight, but we went for it. Okay, yeah. it must yeah. have
0: been a very good PowerPoint, Dick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was changing every day changing every day that's right
0: yes yeah i want to ask you a, a complete change of, of subject here but i wanted to ask you a bit about corruption in the south african it sector yes um, there's been a lot in the news over the last few years bcx not one of the companies mentioned in that's the under right. commission yes. reports but some of your competitors featuring quite prominently there um, how much of a problem is corruption in the in the it sector in this country particularly in the context of um, public sector contracts and If it is a major problem, how does BCX avoid it? What what do you
1: do? What do we do to avoid it? So what what I can do is I can quantify it, but mm-hmm. I think um, we can say we can safely say if you look at corruption in a country, um, then the IT industry is not immune to that, mm-hmm. right? Um, there was a lot of prominence, obviously, where we are worried about in the, some of our competitors and the OEMs, right? I think that's one thing that mm-hmm. uh, that worries us. So, so within within B C X, um, we did a, an analysis of where where typically a corruption uh, will happen, mm-hmm. right? And typically because we are a, we are reset company. So there is nobody to pay anybody anything, right? So at least uh, from uh, what BCX does, it's it's difficult for somebody because we can't stop it, but it's difficult for somebody to go and uh, bribe somebody, Mm -hmm. right? However, when you uh, partner with SMEs, which is what is required, that's where you have a, a loophole. Yeah. So we did a lot of things around that part. and uh, in the last four years, we have done quite a lot. So so the first thing we did is to make sure that uh, people who deal with public sector are trained. Uh, at least they are aware, and they are not doing that they are aware are aware that if they don't follow those rules that they've been trained on, there are consequences. So you can't okay. say I didn't know that. So that's the first. And thing. They
0: know, and you, they're trained to know what to look for. Presumably. What to look for?
1: Absolutely right. Then the next thing is uh, um, training on what is what is what what is uh, um, required in terms of PFMA, right? To make sure that uh, um, when a deal comes through and it's not in line with PFMA, you say no to. That's the most difficult thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, to give an idea, we had one client where that client uh, was an existing customer of ours. We've got a contract, we're delivering service, and they want to buy something, but they want to use your contract, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they want to buy something, but they use your, one of your con- you want to use your contract. In terms of PFMA, they can't do that, right? Salesperson may be unhappy with that, but no, you can't do that. So even, even those gray areas, just to understand that uh, the fact that I've, a, I've got a contract with you, it's a 10-year contract, well, it may say five-year contract, that doesn't mean that they can buy anything from me. So that's the second thing that, that we do. But then we, we actually have our um, our compliance division having an eye on the on the public sector, mm-hmm. uh, so the, so we look at uh, all the contracts that have to do with SMEs, how often we pay them, what we pay them. How does that compare to what we pay other people outside of public sector? So uh, we've got uh, a compliance officer who looks at that. So it is it is quite intense, but I think uh, I think it it really has helped us, right? It has helped us. Not only that, uh, uh, the the employees in public sector or those who sell to public sector, everybody, but more specifically those who sell to private sector, if they think something they're not so comfortable, they ask uh, they ask the uh, the compliance officer, and he will he will tell them, and he a he he'll tell them mm-hmm. this is not allowed, and. and are, we do this. So what we've been able to do, which is which is uh, I think to employees even better. You say to them, you're gonna lose the revenue, you're not gonna take, you're gonna lose the revenue, mm-hmm. but you'll sleep well at night we're going to go and look for something else. Yeah, it will affect you in terms of your performance, but I am happy you didn't take it because in that way, you're keeping everybody out of jail. Mm-hmm. So we have been able to do that. And uh, yes, we are quite happy that in the in the last, uh, um, uh, in, in the Zondo Commission, we are, we are not mentioned. Not that we didn't have some challenges. I sure. think earlier there was one or two areas where we're not happy with that. And what we do, it's uh, um, uh, we found one that uh, we thought there is uh, not something that's not going right here. And we are required by law to actually lodge it and, uh, as a possible um, um, fraud situation, okay. right? And we do it that way, and the police will then come in and investigate or whoever is responsible. And in that way, it forces us as, as leaders that uh, uh, if somebody talks about something and I think it's not right, legal will look at it and immediately lodge. So we lodged about two of those where we think something um, uh, is wrong. Nothing came out of it, but at least we were, we were on the safe side yeah. to err to, uh, on the side of caution.
0: It sounds like it really comes down to the culture of the organization and having zero tolerance for allowing any, anything like this to, to take place um, right through the organization, informing and educating your salespeople and everyone else who's involved in tendering, etc. Yes. But these are the rules. You do not break them.
1: It does. It absolutely does. And uh, it, it's about uh, the, the tone that we said at the top, right? So if uh, if you make it sure that uh, it is not, uh, it's something that you, that you don't tolerate, right? Um, For an example, if somebody tells you, and I'm, I use public sector as an example, that uh, um a minister wants to see you on a tender, and I say no to it, it says the tone. Because mm-hmm. I say, when it comes to a tender, it's not the responsibility of the minister. It mm-hmm. might be somebody else. It I be somebody at the operational level. So I'm not saying it happened, but i give this an example that uh when you say no to things where you know that this is not in the right direction, it sets the tone yeah. in the organisation. And yes, we have we, we have set that tone that we only won't, won't tolerate it. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, the 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 good thing. It's um, after what happened in Zondo Commission, and look at what happened to other companies. Uh, people can see that that can ex- actually destroy an entire organisation yeah. if uh, are left unchecked.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. It's uh, certainly the reputational impact on the. On, on the company that was most impacted through Zonda has been has been pretty severe. Has
1: been pretty, and uh, you can see what the leadership is doing to try and rebuild yeah. that. That's not an easy job. Mm-hmm. Not easy for the people who are, who are working there. So, mm-hmm. so absolutely right.
0: Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you, what uh, do you think government can or should be doing better uh, from a from a m- sort of macro level to uh, to help the gro- growth in the ICT sector? Is anything you'd put your finger on to say, you know, um, Minister of Communications or whoever you're speaking to in government? Um, what, what what can they do better to help the sector grow faster than it
1: is? Sure. Um, yeah, I must be very careful. The minister is our minister, right? So mm-hmm. if I say she's not doing a good job, she'll be hard on me. <laughs> the good thing is that she comes from the industry, so she will know what to do. But uh, um, I don't think there's a, there's one thing that they need to do. I think there's no magic, magic one, but maybe a couple of things to think about. And I saw some countries uh, uh, doing that. So you, pr- you probably want to, to have uh, three pillars mm-hmm. of how you want to spare growth of the of the ICT sector in the country. Uh, the first one, it's uh, um, uh, the entities that that, that, that that we looked at, it's um, government had targets on digital skills that they want to develop in a country. And they were quite deliberate about um, uh, which areas they want to develop and how long it should take them, right? Uh, with clear KPIs. So how many skills to develop? Not necessarily, not necessarily for government, just just uh, um, ways of developing um, digital skills. And we have some of them partnered with universities, some will do their own. So that's the first thing. The second thing, it's uh, um, looking at, um, and, and here it's, it's where yeah, countries in the East seem to have done it uh, slightly better, is to look at which industries uh, and which technologies they want to seed in those industries. So one that was very strong in agriculture decided that uh, they want to introduce um, uh, IT, uh, digital, service, digital solutions into, into, um, into agriculture. Mm-hmm. We do have a uh, big agriculture, but I'm saying you decide which technologies you want to focus on, right? Which technologies, and uh, uh, you drive that part. Then the last thing, which is more important, is adoption of these technologies by government itself, right? If you look at our own government um so yeah simple things and i know they are looking at it it's um um how to automate uh us coming in out of the country you know when we fly internationally right mm-hmm. uh, so whether you make those uh, automatic gates etc and uh, you know so that's simple as that and i know home my face is looking at that and i know because when i was traveling i i called the the, uh, the, uh, the 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 chief director of, or who was well, well deputy deputy director general was responsible for that said chief the queues are long here you know mm-hmm. what is that uh, can we can do to help you said no i'm looking at something so that's uh, one area mm-hmm. but i'm talking about uh, so whether we look at uh, blockchain for some of the some of the services in the country that they provide, whether it's uh, on uh, uh, um, when you purchase your property and all those kinds of things. So look at which technologies that uh, you, you, want, you, want, you want to consume. Then look at things like cloud and make, it, make a decision. You're gonna move into cloud, Yes, government has got some nuances. You want to move into um, into into a um, a sovereign cloud in the country. You want to move into a sock that is sovereign, but make a decision around all of those. I think if you had to drive that in all those three and put the police around that, then you see a much better uh, better better traction. When we were in Thailand last uh, last week. And I looked at some of their countries, uh, very small countries, right? Uh, which is my, and therefore it's easier for them to, for them to do you know to do these things. But uh, um, when they've got clear plans and targets on those three pillars, when I look at uh, uh, how much of digital of their spaces now have become digital, it's incredible, and that becomes becomes the norm. If you really think about it. Um, hyperscalers want to build a the country they look at a number of things when they want to bring to come in to come into the country yeah uh they still look at power because uh, that's important but also look at uh, how how di- how digitalized is the is the economy mm-hmm. because that will tell them whether they will have uh, enough um, um volumes coming into into, into 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 this so alibaba is an example we look at uh, how much of the uh, um how much of uh, transactions online or how much of the transactions um, use uh, uh, digital payments, right? That will tell them that the enterprises need to, to build that capability and therefore there will be growth for um, for public cloud as an example, right? So when you do all of these things, now you're spare you you're creating demand for, you're creating supply for skills, you're creating demand for those skills, you are creating demand for uh, for solutions. That all will help. If you remember back in the day, back in the day, um, uh, Duncan, uh, when uh, when most governments were talking about e-government, remember those days, uh, e-government, uh, South Africa had a plan on e-government mm-hmm. and were clear targets. At some stage, we were amongst the top 10 in the e-government, um uh execution plans in the in the world yeah we subsequently dropped to 13 i think now we are in the 80s or so mm. but that same deliberate plan of uh, uh, that and also being able to to measure kpis that's what we look, that's what we need in the country
0: good stuff jonas Pogoshi, we're unfortunately out of time as you mentioned, you are in a closed period at the moment. Telcom is uh, reporting its results, I think, sometime in November. That's correct, yes. I look forward to uh, reading more about, seeing more details about BCX's numbers at that point and hopefully some further insights into the strategic plans that you've, you've uh, spoken about today. But thank you so much for coming to our studio and making the time. We really appreciate it here at Tech Central. Thank you. Thank you very much, Duncan. Thank you.